Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Jordan Christopoulos, and today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. And look, football, it's over, but basketball, hoops, baby, it is in full action right now for both pro and college with March Madness right around the corner. And BetOnline has all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, and even where the next fired, hex- next fired head coach is going to land. BetOnline's got it all. It's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. So here's what you got to do. Go over to their website right now or use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to get started it's not just basketball betaline's got your favorite source for hockey boxing all the olympic coverage your favorite vegas casino games it's the number one online wagering destination betaline the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games betaline where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming into this pod super excited to have these boys my hoop tachos they're back right now to take stock of the NBA heading into the All-Star Weekend right now and take stock on our Chicago Bulls, who are 38-21 and and sitting tied atop of the Eastern Conference standings. Who knew? Who would have thunk it? We're going to break it all down right now, but let's bring in my panel. First up, coming up right now, he's a documentary filmmaker, and he is a man who knows a thing or two about dunking. It's Aaron Hagel. What's up, Higgs? Hi, Joey. How have you been, brother? It's been a while. It's been a little while, man. Glad to have you back. You know, when Tristan Thompson ends up on the Bulls, I just, you know, I hit the speed dial. It's like the bad signal (laughs) for Aaron Hagel. We got to talk about Tristan Thompson. Also coming up on the pod right now, he is the creator of Bracketology. He's been on the pod many times. And today, he is rocking the pod in style. He's got all of his prices ice on his neck today. It is Mike Choi. What's up, Mike? Joey, Joey, I don't know if the listeners can see. Obviously, I don't. Obviously, they can't see. But I'm currently sporting a ten thousand dollar gold necklace on my neck that I won on a Price Is Right. So I'm feeling good and ready to get this Bulls pod going, man. That's right. He's taking over the neighborhood. He's gonna run the block, and it all starts first with the, with the with the glitzy chain. Uh, great to have you guys both on, Mike. Let's uh, let's throw it to you first, man. Let's just do first blush. As I mentioned, Bulls on top of the Eastern Conference. One of the funnest Bulls teams that I, I, I we all want to do recency bias and everything's the greatest of all time. But man, this is one of the funnest Bulls teams that I can remember in a very long time. Just talk through your emotions of, you know, when you're on this pre, preseason pod, what you, your expectations were for this team and what your expectations are for this team now at the All-Star break. Well, I mean, if if we were to uh, if I were to ask you a year ago, hey, uh, we are going to be the number. Well, I guess technically we're the number two seed, even though we have the same record as Miami because of tiebreakers. But if I told you that we were basically tied for the first seed going into the All Star break at this point last year, I mean, you would have you would have said, what are you, what are you smoking, right? So, I mean, this team has far surpassed expectations. They've done it way quicker than we thought. The team has gelled way quicker than we thought. And then even in all these onslaught of injuries that the team has had they still found a way to continue to win and continue to keep that number one seed alive Hags, hop in on this i mean heading into the preseason there was a lot of excitement right you know you pick up vooch at the trade deadline last year you signed demar Derozan, you bring in alex caruso literally the team gets overturned overnight i mean what has probably from your preseason expectation to all-star weekend now what has surprised you and has you most excited about this bulls team um, what Joy just mentioned, the fact that we're tied for first in the East. Yeah. Uh, everything that Joy said is completely accurate. We all think had high hopes for these guys. We're like, oh, let's just kind of see what happens. 
And the fact that they're tied for first in the East right now, to me, is crazy. DeMar has just completely carried this team. We have a lot of injuries. Um, before the season started, I think I predicted the Bulls would get the ninth or tenth spot in the playoffs, like a play, you know, <laughs> the, the playing game. They've obviously which is fair, uh, dude. That's very fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they've exceeded those expectations, which is great. I'm going to be a little bit of a Debbie Downer though, because I think the second half, I I just think they're going to slide a little bit because I think they they they're playing above their pay grade right now. Although we do have injuries, so I'd like to see everybody come back, Caruso and. Uh, Lonzo and, and uh, Patrick Williams eventually. However, there's other teams in the East who've also had injuries and they haven't been at full strength either. And I think that if all the teams are at full strength come playoff time, I don't think we're a number one seed. Well, yeah, Mike, weigh in on that really quick because you're bringing up a really interesting point, Hanks. And this is what happened last year. If I remember correctly, at one point or another, the Bulls, I think, were like 19 and 21 last year. And for Bulls fans at that time, we were like, Holy shit! This is amazing. This is this is great news for the Bulls. Maybe they can make in that playing tournament. And then when Zach Levine got COVID and had to sit for two weeks, they completely fell apart, and that coincided with Vooch being traded. And Hayes, you're bringing up such a good point of how resilient and how well this team has been able to play through so many injuries. So my question for you, Mike, is you know what you got 20, 23 games left. Hopefully, you get some of those guys like Ball, Caruso, Patrick Williams back for maybe that final six or seven. Are you buying that the Bulls can stay resilient through this next tougher stretch schedule with all the injuries that they've had? Or, or are we starting to sort of push up against playing with too much fire here in this scenario? Well, no, I mean, uh, again, I'm going to agree with what Aaron said. I will say the silver lining, though, is, you know, we've had guys step up. I'm sure we'll talk about Io. We'll talk about Kobe. But because of these injuries, these guys who should have just been marginal contributors this season right have been forced into a pretty major role io specifically right so the fact that these guys are actually thriving it's it's kind of amazing so that just makes the bench deeper that just makes the team stronger from top to bottom um so i think you know again aaron is completely right when if if every team on paper is at full capacity who knows where we'll finally be going into the playoffs. And, and, and I know we're going to talk about the playoffs a little bit later. So I'll kind of save those thoughts for, for then. But um, I actually, I, you know, Zach in his, I mean, what is it now? Is it his knee? I mean, before it was his back, obviously early in the season, it was his thumb. So I think that's going to actually be the linchpin is how healthy Zach can be. Cause he's just, it seems like every time he's getting in a groove, he, he misses a handful of games because of injuries. Right. And obviously, thankfully, DeMar has picked up the slack, amazingly, but I think he'll be the linchpin in terms of his health. But as a team, I really like the fact that we've had guys contribute that we did not expect to contribute. And when Caruso comes back, when Lazo comes back, we're just going to have a stronger team top to bottom. And in a weird way, those guys will be rested for the playoff run because they've had to miss this big stretch of games. And this is what makes the Bulls one of the more fascinating and entertaining teams in the NBA this year is one, they're super exciting to watch. They win basketball games. And the other part to Troy, what you're talking about, they are a mystery box. We really don't know what this team is capable of if they're fully healthy. They lose their lottery pick, what, the fourth game of the season for the entire year? Zach Levine, as you mentioned, so, you know, you're dead on with that. He's been banged up. You know, Zach Levine is, you can make the debate that he's the best player on the Bulls. Is it DeMar DeRozan's team now? You know, we can have that debate in a little bit. But yeah. Zach Levine, it's been a banged up year for your best player. And then you lose guys like Lonzo, you lose Caruso a couple of times. The fact that they've been able to put this together has been incredible. And then if they can get healthy, who knows what exactly they're capable of. Let's hop it over to a little news and notes real quick. Higgs, I want to get your take on this. 
Uh, you know, the trade deadline passed. I personally am very happy that the Bulls didn't use a guy like a Patrick Williams or a guy like a Kobe White to go out there and get some sort of backup big, you know, the Daniel Tices of the world are going to help you out. Well, we waited it out. Buyout season comes around, and now Tristan Thompson, waived by the Indiana Pacers, looks like he's going to come in and sign with the Chicago Bulls. You know, just what's your take on not just Thompson, the player, but the fit with the Chicago Bulls, and do you like what they did to, you know, get a little more size? Yeah, no, I agree with you. They they didn't make that move that a lot of people expected them to make. A lot of people were talking about getting Jeremy Grant, who I like, but like I don't want to give up Patrick Williams and some young guys for him. Um, so I, I was happy they didn't do anything with that. In regards to the Tristan Thompson, I'm fine with it. Look, man, Vooch isn't the best down low. And if we go against some big guy, like if we go against the 76ers, Embiid's just going to absolutely destroy Vooch. I mean, he's going to destroy anybody. But at least Tristan Thompson is a big guy to come in, a veteran. He's won a championship. Off the court stuff, I personally don't even care about. Like, I don't, I don't care, whatever. People want to talk about that, go for it. But the truth of the fact is we don't, we don't have a big man besides Vucevic, somebody to come in and actually like has some size. So I'm fine with it. To me, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. Well, Mike, weigh in on this because you know, we talked about this briefly on text and I want to get your take on this because I'm on board with it too. I, I think it's a win-win situation, right? Where the guy comes in and bangs some bodies with a DeMontis Sabonis who's been, you know, kicked Vuce's ass the other night, a guy like Embiid, Giannis, just soak up some fouls. But Mike, you know, he's 30 years old. He's only a couple of years off of like getting a max $90 million deal from Cleveland and what he's on his fourth, fifth team over the last couple of years. Um, you know, do you have, what kind of concerns might you have with Tristan Thompson on the Chicago Bulls? And do you think it's a good fit? Well, listen, you know, uh, I, I know I went off a little bit on our, on our text thread, but I, I, I will put it this way. There's a reason why guys like DeMarcus Cousins, JaVale McGee, the Jeff Greens in the world become these journeyman players that basically change teams year to year at this point in their career because they're, they're they're not any good right and so from the perspective of I completely agree with both you guys from the perspective of just basically having a body that can put up again you know wh whether it's Giannis whether it's Embiid you know that can just basically draw fouls and give you fouls right um th that that's obviously a plus the biggest thing you know Aaron's completely right I don't you know he's become obviously more of a tabloid guy than he is an encore guy at this point in his career. But my biggest concern is I think what this pickup, if it does end up going through, um, will be judged on, in my opinion, is how he affects or, or becomes a detriment to team chemistry. That's what I'm concerned about because if he becomes a distraction, we've already seen like this team. I mean, again, I know we're, we're very biased, but this team has great chemistry in just one year. I mean, these guys like just rally around each other. And the fact that it's a pretty, I mean, outside of three guys, those guys weren't on, you know, the team basically is a brand new team outside of three guys. And so the fact that they had this chemistry and this liking for one another, as long as he can come in, contribute, give minutes, you know, get fouls, for us on, on, you know, the other team's big men and not be a distraction, then I'm fine. But if he becomes more of a distraction, then that to me becomes, becomes the issue more so than anything he can contribute on the court. Yeah. And it's going to be one of those scenarios where I don't know how many times we're going to see Tristan Thompson and Vooch on the floor together, but both of you said the same thing. And I think it's perfectly what we need. Someone maybe instead of Tony Bradley, or maybe kind of mix and match a little bit, depending on obviously who we're playing and look, the teams that we've struggled with the most so far, besides the Warriors, are the teams like the 76ers are the teams maybe like, you know, those Milwaukee bucks, those bigger teams 
We all know that we needed more size. We went out there. We got it. You know, honestly, we'll just kind of have to wait and see, you know, how it works out. And hopefully, you know, a marginal, a marginal plus, you know what I mean? 10, 10 minutes, four rebounds. You know, he's not going to be on your fantasy team, but hopefully it sort of works out. Let's get into some awards. Um, let's give out some accolades here for the Chicago Bulls team in the first half. Um, I want to present it like this. And Mike, if you'd like to go first, uh, you know, you do first half MVP. And look, I don't think this is going to be a drum roll, please. If I'm wrong, <laughs> please tell me I'm wrong. But I think we're all going to say it's DeMar DeRozan is our first half Chicago Bulls MVP. So let me pose it to you like this, Mike. You know, you know, we all watch hoops and, and we love the game. But uh, there's been a couple things that have surprised me. What about DeMar DeRozan's game, the player, the teammate, whatever? What has surprised you the most about DeMar DeRozan now that he's in a Bulls uniform this year that you had no idea you were getting when we signed him in the, in the summer? Well, I, for me, I think we forgot, you know, we have to go two teams to go back to when he was Toronto, that he was this offensive juggernaut. Like he really was being molded into that. And then when he went to San Antonio, he became a little bit more of a facilitator. And on top of that, you know, Popovich, you know, it, it's kind of like that Michael Jordan, Dean Smith thing that the only guy that could stop Michael Jordan was Dean Smith. And I think kind of that's somewhat true of DeMar's offensive game in San Antonio, because it's like, you're in the system, you're in the pop system. So you're not going to like excel as an individual. So I think seeing that reemergence of kind of his, his that, that potential that he showed in Toronto, just being that killer scorer, like that, that, that's pretty amazing. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, again, it's like, we, we have to remember in the beginning of the year that this was like one of the more maligned, you know, pickups in the entire season, this, you know, sign and trade for him. And everybody was ragging on it, you know, from the media to, you know, all the publications and anybody, you know, outside of Chicago, I really liked it in the beginning, but you know, the fact that he's come in his first year made the contributions he's made basically supplanted himself as, and I, I do want to have the discussion with you guys in terms of if it's Zach team or DeMar team, I don't care about the, the optics of it, but I, the only thing I care about is if, if that potentially causes some drama, especially in Zach's free agent year. Right. But, um, but yeah, man, just, just his killer, just, oh my God, I'm going to score on you. I'm going to carry this team. I'm going to put you on my back. Like that was not something I necessarily thought of in line with DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, in the summer, it was so funny. I mean, I think the Bulls fans are so starved. And everyone was going crazy about how old he was and the numbers on the deal. And it was literally like, oh, the Bulls, the Bulls got a turkey sandwich. And I'm like, oh, my God, a turkey sandwich? Oh, my God. Is it, is it a whole one? Like, I can't believe this was happening. So, yeah, Higgs, hop in. You know, what kind of surprised you about DeMar DeRozan's game and how he's elevated it this year that you had no idea coming into the season. Well, I mean, going to the choice point, I mean, he's on a historic tear right now. You know, when you're yeah. in company with Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. And, and to doing... be very quick, uh, eight straight games of 35 plus points right now. It's his streak. And isn't it something like 50% field goal percentage or, or better as well? or Yeah, something, something or... like that. And he's got a 30 game streak too, as well. I think that's in the over a dozen now too, as well, which is getting close to Jordan's record with the Bulls. That's Crazy thinking that D Rose never did that. Um, but you know, one of the things that people have always talked about DeMar DeRozan's game is his mid range game. And uh, to be honest, the past couple of years in San Antonio, I haven't, I didn't watch too many Spurs games, I haven't really seen him play since the Raptors days. And man, dude, he is just unreal to me. It's like he's on fire, it reminded me of like Durant. Kobe, Michael, like that mid-range game where he's getting to that point where it's just like automatic, man. It's crazy. And it's so fun to watch. I'm like, 
so thankful we have a guy who's not just jacking threes all day. I mean, I'll take a guy who jacks all threes, if, you know, makes them, but. Um, take any guy who jacks, really. <laughs> yeah, well, but makes them. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's just fun to watch. It's like kind of like he's kind of like a throwback player a little yeah, bit, you know, and, and those your, two big game-winning shots that he hit back-to-back, like that was crazy. Um, and I just love seeing him and Levine, like the, they're like best buddies now. And it's really fun to watch. And, you, you know, to your point earlier, I think, Joy and Joy, you were talking about as well, but just like the chemistry is just so refreshing and just like heartwarming. It's in, in how fast they've done it. And, you know, that's an organizational thing that Arturis and Mark Eversley have created, but Billy has taken these guys and just because of the injuries and, and moving them around and, and trusting AL to do a little bit more and, and giving him a little bit of the rain on there. And, and once again, the results have been, been, been awesome. And like you, to choice point earlier, a lot of people were shitting on this uh, DeMar pickup. Um, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was like, all right, let's just kind of see what happens. But yeah, twenty point score, cool. Like let's let's do it. Yeah, you know? like, I take I it. I was also concerned about the Levine fit. Like if they weren't going to get along, but like I don't know, man. It seems like they get along on the court. Um, so he's been awesome. Yeah, Mike, hop back in. Well, no, I just uh, Higgs, you 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 beat me to the punch because I was going to say, you know, Demar's obviously the obvious MVP, first half MVP for the Bulls, but I think Billy Donovan should also be the MVP for the Bulls because to exactly what Aaron said, the fact that this team meshed so quickly right out of the gate, you know, that's contributing to your head coach, and then the fact that they're still holding together with these onslaught of injury after injury, COVID after COVID, the fact that he's got this team still you know, performing at, you know, just the top level. I mean, that, that's, that's, that speaks volumes to the head coach. So if he doesn't win coach of the year in the league, I just, that I, th- I think he's robbed, but, um, but can we have the discussion of. Yeah. So, whose real, team so, this so, is? so, so real quick for me, I'm with all of you guys on the mid range thing is, is a joy. And when he misses, it's almost like, Oh, like, dang, <laughs> dang he, he front rimmed that one. Oh, that's weird. Um, but, you know, for me, the biggest surprise, and this leads into what you're talking about, Mike, is that I underestimated completely how beloved he is in in a basketball environment. I mean, I remember personally, like when he was in Toronto, how much Toronto loved DeMar DeRozan and how much he loved Toronto. And the fact that he got traded for Kawhi was almost kind of this weird, I don't know, it was like this dirty deal, I think, for the Raptors fans of like selling their soul a little bit to get that title, which they eventually got good for them. But now that DeMar DeRozan's on the Bulls, it is so uncanny that, like, he is he is the cool new guy at school, right? Everyone on the team, like, is always kind of hanging around him and smiling with him. He's always just kind of saying funny stuff. He goes to a lot of high school games. Like, he supports Illinois athletics, specifically basketball. And, Choi, you know, I, I'm going to hit this to you, and then we're going to go to Hags. I will start it here. Whose team is this right now? Is it Zach Levine's or DeMar DeRozan's? I think on the court – with this team, this group, what they're trying to accomplish right now, I think it is DeMar DeRozan's team. And we could talk all we want about Zach being more talented. We could talk more about him probably being the first guy on a poster or a program with, that you buy at United Center. And foundationally, as an organization, he is our future. But because of the injuries, and it's not Zach's fault, it's not because of play or anything, just because of the injuries and how well DeMar DeRozan's playing – I think this is DeMar DeRozan's team. I think all the teammates kind of rally around him and it sort of starts and ends with him. Mike, what say you? Well, yeah, I, I do agree that right now, just, just 
the 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 stamp of approval is obviously in every aspect is going to Mars way now whether that's just a one season season aberration or something he can continue through the three years that he's with Chicago that remains to be seen and again like I kind of prefaced earlier I I don't care about the semantics I don't care about the window dressing of it all I care about and Zach doesn't strike me as that type of person but I care about the potential drama behind the scenes that that potentially can cause because let's face it we've seen it time and time again you know whether it's Jack in Orlando with Penny Hardaway Shaq and Kobe, right? Even more recently with Jimmy Butler in Minnesota and Philly, uh, Kyrie with the Cavs, you know, Katie with Golden State. These guys were like, when they start feeling like I am not the lead dog on this team, they look to leave. So that's the only thing I'm potentially concerned about. But again, Zach doesn't strike me as that guy who's driven by ego, at least right now. Um, and the other, other, only, only other question I had is we kind of thought like, hey, how are we building around Zach? But as it turns out, is he more of our Scotty Pippen, the 1B option on a championship team, than we thought he was this, you know, Michael Jordan light potentially for the Bulls? Because I, 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 I'm starting to think that that's his best role is to be the 1B option on a team as opposed to the, the lead dog on a team. It's a great question, I, and I, it's across sports, so I don't know if this is gonna, exactly going to fit like a, you know, fit perfectly, but we had this conversation last year with the White Sox, you know, who's the leader of the team, Tim Anderson or Jose Abreu, and it was kind of a, you know, does it matter? They're both awesome, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, like, you're, you're both building the lineup around both those guys at the same time. Higgs, man, weigh in on this right now. You know, are you buying Zach Levine's a 1B? Who do you think the leader of this team is right now heading into the second half? And, you know, who do you think it's going to be when they make this playoff push? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think for me, like, why? I don't know. Like, why do we always have to pick, like, who's going to be the leader of the team? I, I guess I think of, like, I mean, they play different positions, but, like, Shaq and Kobe, Lakers, like, whose team was it? I don't know. They're both Hall of Famers, man. They're both awesome. They both have massive egos. You know, Levine and uh, DeMar are different. I guess it would be a 1A, 1B situation. But as of now, maybe because we're winning and we're gelling, I feel like their egos aren't as big as Kobe's and Shaq's. And I think they can coexist. You know, DeMar's awesome in the clutch, man. So, like, I could picture him, like, you know, having the ball. But why not have Zach, you know, cut into the hoop or something, you know? Like, um, yeah, so I, guess, as far like, as I that, guess the thing is, and what maybe Mike's getting at is for you, Hags, uh, eight seconds left, Bulls down by two, and you pull a quick isolation. Who would you rather have have the ball in his hands right now, DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine? Because there is only one ball. I know. It, it is. It's a tough question because Levine has proved in the past that he can hit game winners also. Mm-hmm. And he's a little bit younger, so he hasn't had as many chances as DeMar. So I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, if I had to pick, I'd probably pick DeMar, but I don't know. Let's just keep it happy, man. Let's just have two guys. Here. <laughs> well, no, we, we know we're arguing about two yeah. all-stars yeah, yeah, as yeah. a Bulls fan. Which well, is just... we know that by, by the very fact of it, DeMar in his head is I'm taking the shot. So we know this whether or not who sh- should take the shot. That That's a different question. But the guy who's like, I'm taking the shot as of right now, from everything we've seen, it's DeMar who's got that mentality of like, well, I'm going to take this shot. Yeah, and so I want to uh, I want to pivot off of this because you did mention you know you mentioned Zach Levine as a one B so this could be your answer Mike uh, but we're gonna go with H- Higgs first uh, I want to go with best supporting actor who is the best supporting actor for the Chicago Bulls in the first half I think there's a lot of candidates for this one this is a deep field so I'm interested to hear what you guys have Higgs you go first yeah so this is uh, my pick for this would almost be like uh, the one player I think has completely turned this team around. 
you guys know I love him. I was more, I was the most pumped, I think, uh, to, to get this guy. And I still can't believe we got him. And to Marco me, Simonovich. Exactly. No. Simonovich. <laughs> uh, you guys know I'm talking about Lonzo Ball, baby. To me, yeah. uh, you know, yes, DeRozan has been MVP uh, type season. Billy, you know, is also MVP. I'm not saying Lonzo's MVP. However, he has completely transformed this team. They're super unselfish. I think he's leading the way on that, pushing the ball like they haven't ever pushed the ball. And people forget, man, that guy can actually shoot. He's shooting actually really, really well, and he's a defensive stud. Everything I was telling you guys about before the season, I was telling you, him and Levine backcourt are going to be dynamic. It's just been such a bummer he's been hurt. But, man, Lonzo is awesome, and he's just making the Bulls go. Man, I, I love I love Lonzo. And, and and just to kind of maybe put a button on our previous conversation, you know, when we're looking and we're going to talk a little bit later about Bulls windows and title contending chances and everything. You know, when you are looking at the core of this team the next five years, as it is constituted right now, it's Lonzo, Io, Zach and Patrick Williams. You know, who knows with Vooch and DeMar, those guys will age out. They will not be a part of our team five years from now. And I'm so happy that Lonzo Ball's in there. When he's in, man, he makes – I mean, he just makes everything easier. And his perimeter defense is fantastic. He's such a smart basketball player on both ends of the floor. And, yeah, I'm just rooting for him to come back. Uh, I don't even care when he comes back because I actually think he's one of those dudes that isn't going to need a lot of game reps to probably get back in the flow, even if he isn't shooting that 42% from the three. Uh, Mike, who's your best supporting actor on the Chicago Bulls in the first half? Well, real quick, I, you know, it's so ironic with the Lonzo situation because I think I remember, I think what we were texting you guys when it was literally like, hey, I, did, didn't Lonzo have like this injury bug tag on him? And because he had played the whole season pretty much. And then, then, you know, he's out for the six weeks. So it's like, oh my God, yeah, but I guess that that's kind of the thing. But uh, I'm going to go with a little bit. This might be overseeing the obvious, but I actually think Vucevic is the, the supporting player that's been most, you know, kind of if you can say under the radar for this team, a little bit on the radar, only because of the fact that DeMar has been so stellar that we forget that Vooch was the big pickup last year. He was the guy that like, oh my God, we got this big offensive center. And again, Aaron touched on it earlier. You know, he doesn't really give you anything defensively, but offensively, I mean, you know, he's an 18 and 12 guy. So right now he's fifth in the league in rebounding. Um, He really, you know, when he is on his game, he truly does give us surprisingly, you know, we always talk about these super teams and you need the big three. We actually, when Vooch is on his game and with the ascendance of DeMar and then we knew what we had in Zach, we actually do have a big three or at the very least a big three light. So at least from an offensive standpoint, and, you know, I love Higgs picks Alonzo because again, I would, you know, I'll be the first to say I was, a, I was Alonzo detractor going into the season, but he definitely won me over. But I think if Vooch can keep his offensive game going, I think he is another linchpin in terms of like, who are you going to stop, man? Who are you going to stop? Cause then you can't, you know, cause then on top of that, he can hit the three. And then if he's got his inside game going, it's like, you can't, yeah, it's just that it's a, a, an embarrassment of riches. If they, those three guys have their offensive games rolling. Yeah. And he's, he's been fantastic at the pick and roll too, especially with one specific player that I'm pretty sure is going to be coming up in a category or two. Hey, just real quick way on Vooch. I mean, I think the general narrative was that uh, he started off the season not shooting very well. Um, I personally think it's kind of sort of leveled off a little bit. What have you seen from Vooch's play as a former big man yourself? Um, <laughs> Forced to be a big man. Yeah, a big man. Um, you know, just talk a little bit about Vooch's game and maybe how he could – what area could it maybe take it to the next level in the second half? 
Well, I just want him to D up, man. <laughs> like Troy said, like offensively, he's great. He can hit a three, you know, like I forget the exact stats, but you know, a double double that he that he's got. Uh good free throw shooter, good, you know, fun passer and all that kind of stuff. But we, I mean, we we just need him to step up on D, man. Like honestly, like the scoring, we've got plenty of scoring. I mean, it's great that he can score. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but um yeah i mean he is a little bit of a forgotten guy a little bit like you said he was the big pickup last year but since the rose has been tearing it up and we got lonzo and caruso and io like he's kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit but it's awesome having a big man that we can throw it to in the post we can have we can kick it out for a three we can put him at the top have guys you know run into the to the hoop and he can pass it around so honestly that's it man you just got to d up more everything else I'm, i'm happy with this next category is going to be a fun one. Biggest fan favorite this season. A uh, lot of choices here. Um, Hags, if you'd like to go first, who do you think has become the biggest fan favorite in the first half of the bowl season? Man, this is actually a, this is probably the toughest question out of all of them. I don't think there's a wrong one. I don't think there's a wrong answer. There isn't. There's so many. Um, how about I'll just go with my, my favorite, I guess. Um, Lonzo, I don't know if he's a fan favorite. Do people in Chicago love him? I hope they do. I, I no, I think that there's a lot of love for for Lonzo Ball right now. Okay, I think- I'm going to go with Lonzo. I just, you know me, I'm a Lonzo guy, so that's that's my pick. Even though there's many on our team that I, that I think would be fan favorites. Uh, Mike, yeah, a couple a couple on the board still. Who do you think's been the biggest fan favorite? For the it's it's Caruso for me because, as you guys know, when I hate a player, I hate that <laughs> player for life. So the fact that he has converted me over to a Caruso fan in less than like three months it's it's pretty amazing and I just you gotta love the guys he's he's in that mold of a Patrick Beverly a Dennis Rodden where like if he's not on your team you just hate the guy but when he's on your team like you love him and the fact that like you you know the UC is already chanting MVP you know I just I wish he were still playing you know obviously hopefully he comes back healthy and at full strength but it's just that thing where like he's just been embraced from day one from the the entire city uh, real quick, Joy, Joy, do you, do you dislike him because he's not on the Bulls or because he was on the Lakers and you hate the Lakers so much? Well, a li- <laughs> you know, a, a both, right? Because again, like, you know, this is, I, I know this is so childish to say, but he, he has one of those punchable faces. Like, you don't even have to look at the guy. If if I showed you a series of pictures and Alex Caruso, bald Alex Caruso was one of the pictures and I go, hey, which guy of this, these set do you want to punch? I'm willing to get that more him. times than not people. Yeah, people are picking Alex Caruso. So, yeah, I mean, again, like I said, uh, for me, the fact that, like, I actually like this guy now when I hated him, it's it's a big turnaround. So he's, he's for it, me, yeah, definitely. It totally makes sense, right? The myth, the Caruso myth is completely true. And it's all the little things, right? It's when a guy drives in the lane and he just gets his hand in there, right, and disrupts a play. Or does he deflects a pass or he does that thing? We're, we're the king of we're king of the tip-out rebound, like, because we don't have any size. We just tip the ball out now he was so good at that all year long just making killer play after killer play uh hey stop in i'm right there with you i was just gonna say real quick for uh people listening uh who don't live in la the lakers fans loved caruso also and we're actually very sad to see him go he, right he did he, he wanted to go back to the lakers yeah, so you, yeah. Back for less money and they go mm-hmm. nah. yeah Ball's like, we'll take him yeah. and so how long did he get signed for like three years or something He's got three years, three years at nine mil. I think nine million a year. One of it might kick up to ten. Great. Uh, in the in the third year, since so yeah, it's like a three year, thirty two million something we'll take like it, that. Man. I mean, twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm going with I'm going with uh, biggest fan favorite. Um, you guys know that this guy's left out there. Chicago's own 
Io Desunwo, uh from Chicago. And here's what here's my case for him is that the thing with Io is that even from the beginning of the season, you know, when he would make like that random corner three in the nine to ten minutes that he played, everyone would kind of go nuts a little bit. But man, can we just talk about for a second? First of all, the dude already has like an NBA body. Like he already looks like Rajon Rondo, in my opinion. You know, well, because he's thirty. no he's older he's he's older he's older i think he's like 24 or so yeah yeah he's older dude but still i mean already now he's playing 35 to 38 minutes a game me and hagel are like uh putting him on our fantasy team and like getting rid of you know moving him in and out of there and the guys just showing up so so huge and i i often think like we can talk all we want about tomorrow rosen scoring 35 points a game for eight straight games where would this bulls team be without caruso without lonzo ball and without Zach Levine for stretches, without Io DeSumo, I can't really I, – I shudder to honestly think. I mean, the guy defensively is like a cornerback, right? He intercepts passes like all over the place. Um, he's got this beautiful, beautiful chemistry with Vooch on a pick and roll. I mean, they just know exactly where each other are going. He knows the cut game on the passing lanes. Um, his shot is fine. You know what I mean? I think it's pretty good for a rookie. But, man, it just really makes you think like – and this is the type of stuff that, that great teams need, right? I mean, Mike, if you want to hop in this, great teams need to hit on these types of picks because the dude is going to make $1.5 million next year, and he's going to play a huge role. And in the NBA, when everyone – let's be honest, the middle, a lot of people get overpaid in the NBA to have a guy at that number for a couple of years. That's when you can really make something happen. Am I wrong? No, yeah. The thing, again, like we kind of talked about earlier, the fact that like he got thrust into this prominent role, like in an ideal situation, if Lonzo were healthy, if Cruz were healthy, you know, Io would be this guy that maybe plays eight to 12 minutes a game ish, you know, which is acceptable for a second round rookie pick, right? Like you wouldn't want in in an ideal situation, a guy like that to be a big contributor, because that means definitely something's wrong with your roster if that becomes the case. So the fact that he's stepped up and is performing well like forget about rookie forget about you know it, for anybody to be kind of like the the 11th or 12th guy going into the season on your bench to being a solid contributor that's that's amazing and the thing that that's surprising to me is i i don't i mean i knew he was big in terms of like a quote-unquote point guard slash shooting guard but i i I did not really factor in how big he is because he's like six four, six five, right? So I mean, he's a lot bigger than than you think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, the things that he's been able to contribute defensively, his assists, like you know, are great. And like, yeah, being a Chicago kid, you know, you're gonna root for that, you know, night and day. Yeah, last uh, 15 games, 11 points a game, eight assists for a rookie. It's a pretty damn good number. I mean, in the second round. Yeah, yeah, rookie in the second, 38th pick in the second round, and Hags, you know, let's keep it going a little bit on the IO train, but also maybe let's squeeze in a little Kobe white too, because now this is an unlikely backcourt that is we've had to deal with that. We've had to throw out there for at least the last two weeks and probably the next one or two weeks after the break too, as well, while we hopefully cross our fingers that Zach stays healthy, Lonzo and Caruso come back and play healthy, but IO and Kobe white, man. I mean, Kobe white's really impressed me this year. Am I wrong that like his body control with his handle, has gotten a whole lot better. I think he's way more consistent and dangerous as a three-point shooter. His passing has gotten better. I mean, it, I, I just I've just been really surprised because I, I don't know, Mike. You might agree with me. But like last year, I was kind of starting to get worried a little bit about his progression. And you know, where, where do you point to with this, Hags? Like the maturation of a player, Billy Donovan, the system, 
just you know what what would you maybe point to is why kobe white's ascended the way he has well it's just age getting older you know yeah. uh the point guard 22. is yeah he's 22 i think he came out after his his freshman year, freshman in North year Carolina. Yeah. so you know point guard's the most difficult position to learn in the nba and he's i don't i've always said i've always thought of him as a sixth man um but he's been forced into the role a point guard here and there so it's just yeah he's just gotten older he's gotten smarter um this is his last year right isn't it on his contract do we have to make a decision after no, this year no, so, give one uh, more? after after next year after next year he's at uh he's making like seven seven point four next year gotcha okay and so then i think he goes is, yeah but like going back to your your point about everyone being injured and everybody has to step up um He's had opportunities in the past to do that, and he hasn't really stepped up. He's had some huge game scoring. Um, and once again, I was just thinking of him as a six guy coming off the bench. So whatever he's doing to me for right now is, is great. Um, and going back to your point, Joey, like Billy Donovan is, is an awesome – he's an awesome coach. I'm sure Kobe is like kind of finally getting it, you know, so I'm sure that's part of it as well. Yeah, Mike, just weigh in real quick because we were talking about this last year, right, where like Billy Donovan was trying to – change Kobe White's game or you know force him to mature in a way that maybe was too too accelerated for him at the time and now it sort of seems like they're starting to click a little bit um and 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 Mike to your point too as well and Hanks you just mentioned it Kobe White's playing a little more two guard out there with Io I mean not necessarily that that straight pure point guard that you know you called it last year Mike that you didn't really think he was ever going to grow into that player yeah, we, we forget that just a year ago it was the Kobe White experiment at point guard, right? And we also I remember, like, I think once he got shifted to the bench, there was this kind of like, oh, his head's not in anymore. He's kind of, you know, Debbie Downer now that, oh, I'm not a starter anymore. I got shifted to the bench. So I think there was uh, a, a little bit of a need for an attitude adjustment, which to Higgs's point, you know, that Donovan, you have to credit him for for impacting that idea that like you can still be a big time contributor. So, and also Higgs totally nailed it. Like as it's turning out, at least at least at this stage, his best role is six man a la Lou Williams, a la, you know, a Jamal Crawford where, Hey, a guy who can basically be instant O off the bench. And it's not really a matter. Are you a point guard, are you a shooting guard, you're coming in off the bench and you're scoring. So it doesn't, it, you know, that it, it's kind of irrelevant what your position is, but yeah, we've, we've seen him now really kind of start to embrace that role to be that guy coming off the bench and kind of doing those things. So that maturation, again, we have to credit to Donovan to kind of like, Hey, let's get this right ahead. Let's talk about the bigger, you know, picture in terms of, you know, our team goals and, and things that we want to do as a team, as opposed to individual. Uh, final one, before we get to broader issues regarding the NBA and the bulls playoff hopes, um, let's just, we'll make this one quick. I'm starting it right now. It is the first annual Cristiano Felicio Award. The guy in the Chicago Bulls right now that Gar Foreman would blindly give $32 million to. Uh, I'm going to kick it off. It's Matt Thomas for me, baby. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's the guy who comes in and goes, ooh, you better not let Matt Thomas shoot that ball. You better not leave Matt Thomas open because he is going to clank it off the rim. Um, but no, for you guys, like right now, uh, who is that Cristiano Felicio award right now? Uh, there's a couple guys at the bottom of the bench right now to maybe choose from. Higgs, who would you give it? Who would you give the first annual to? It's a very prestigious honor. I, I love this idea. It's fantastic. Um, I actually looked up the Bulls roster earlier in the salary. So I'm going to go with somebody who I feel 
maybe doesn't deserve that price tag. Although Ooh. overall, generally the contracts for the Bulls are actually pretty good. So I, I'm nitpicking here, but I would say Derek Jones Jr. for 10 million a season. Even though it's not that bad, out of all the contracts in the Bulls, to me, that's probably the one that's a little bit overpriced. Um, I, I do like that one. I like that you went in a little different way there. There's a lot of different ways to give uh, out the Chris, to give out the Felicio, uh, if you will. There's many different ways. Um, it could be untapped potential or potential that doesn't exist. It could be an over, uh, maybe a little bit too rich of a contract. Mike, uh, who are you giving this prestigious honor to? Well, I, you know, to have a little bit of fun with this, I still want to give it to Felicio. I mean, he's, cur <laughs> he, he's currently playing for Ratio Farm Ulm of the BBL German League, just finished the 18 game run where he averaged 11 points and nine rebounds. So, I mean, wow. he's, he's, he's doing it. He's doing it in Europe. Um, but in terms of, uh, of the current team, I, you know, I don't, is, is Alizé even still on the roster? Cause let's not forget he was a starter in the very they, beginning of the year. He was they, in the starting roster once Patrick Williams went down. They so. let him go. He got lost in the, in yeah. the when we got ravaged by COVID. He got like lost in the COVID shuffle of, of pieces that were moving around. And I don't know if it had to do with, we had to keep Marco somehow not on the roster, but in the, the larger roster. But yeah, man, no, Alizé is no longer on the team. He's on, uh, He's not like the Suns or something. I yeah, it's just it's just crazy that like awesome. you know he 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 was a starter on this team and then just it just went from you know to obscurity I'm from obscurity to back to obscurity. So <laughs> that that that's if that doesn't say Felicio to me, I don't know what does. Ah, uh, just they're gonna have a wild night tonight holding up that trophy around town and Felicio himself with his own name on it, his own bust, if you will, carrying it around Germany. Hopefully it pays huge dividends for them. Uh, let's, uh, it's All-Star Weekend, guys. Um, I thought All-Star Weekend last year was, you know, I thought the game was great. You know, I thought the the Dame, the Dame versus Steph Curry half-court three-point shoot-off getting further and further away, I thought that was fantastic. I thought it was highly entertaining. Um, you know, Michael, go first with you, man. You know, what are you looking forward to this All-Star Weekend? Are you going to watch? Um, and uh, are you – and also, maybe as a caveat too, it looks like Zach Levine's going to play. They said that he drained his knee and he's feeling pretty good. A lot of people are saying, hey, is this whole thing kind of a precautionary contractual issue? And well, he's really probably a little bit better than we think. It looks like he's going to play this weekend. Are you on board with that? But also, I think to your point, and Joey, you might know the exact, because I don't know if it's just when he got named an all-star or if he actually has to play in the game, but he does get a bump up in his potential max contract, which I think it's literally like another $30 million. But I, I, I think it's because he was named an all-star. I don't think he has to play, but there was definitely a, a, a he, he can earn more money next year in his free agency contract by being named an all-star this year, which it's, it's so weird how all those numbers work out. But um. You know, I don't know if it's just a function of getting older, because I, I, I'm sure you guys must feel the same. But growing up, of all the All-Star games, like NBA All-Star Weekend was an event that was like, I'm staying home for this. I'm watching Saturday. I'm watching, you know, Sunday's game. I just don't feel that way anymore. And again, that may just be a function of getting older. But I think, you know, we've, we've definitely had the discussion. I think All-Star Saturday is, is, is a non-event anymore. Like the dunk contest is a, a non-event, in my opinion. The, the three-point contest, it's like, it's become stale. So, you know, they did change that format last year or, or, or two years ago. Yeah, you know, so for me, I just, it's it's a non-event. I don't look forward to that game. I don't, it's just, it, it, it's everything about NBA All-Star Weekend is stale to me. And that's not a must-see event like it was when I was growing up. 
Yeah, Higgs, where are you, man? I do like the fact that it's later in the year. I do like the fact that after All-Star break, now there's, what, maybe 20, 22 games left. I think that format's kind of fun because now it's more of a sprint to the finish line, especially in this jam-packed East. Uh, Higgs, are you looking forward to the All-Star game? You looking forward to watch Zach Levine uh, participate in the three-point contest? DeMar DeRozan start for the East, uh, one of the squads? What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to this new Rising Stars game that's taking place tonight. I don't know if you guys have heard about the new format, um, but I'll read it to you because I... It's a round robin, paper. right? Or like... Mm, no, kind of. So there's, uh, let's see, there's 28 players, 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, and four guys from the G League. Um, and they were drafted into four teams. And each, te- each team or the two teams are going to play. Um, they're going to play to a final target score, which is going to be 50 for the first round. And it ends with the made basket or free throw instead of the clock running out. And then game three, which is like the championship game, they played at 25. So okay. it was all people drafting guys. There's a G League guy from each team. Um, and it's all the rest are all sophomores and uh, uh, rookies or freshmen, I guess you would say. Um, but I just wanted to point out one guy in particular uh, on team Peyton. I don't know which Peyton that is. But the G League dude on that team is this guy uh, I've been reading about. His name's Scoot Henderson. Uh, Scoot is a point guard, 6'2", 195. He literally just turned 18 this month. Uh, he's supposed to be a senior in high school. He skipped it uh, to play for the G League team. <clears throat> and he's kind of famous because he signed for a million dollars. People have been ca- comparing him to D. Rose. Right now in the G League, as an 18-year-old, just turned 18-year-old, he's averaging 14, 5, 3.5 with 1.5 steals. Um, And this guy is probably going to be top 10 in the draft next year. So look out for that, dude. Uh, uh, Real quick, that's an interesting point that you're bringing up real quick because uh, this is probably going to be the most competitive basketball that you'll see all weekend. Oh, yeah, for sure, because these are all young guys, man. So, you know, they have something to prove, and especially these G League guys, they definitely have – uh, something to prove. So it's going to be cool, man. Like, for instance, real quick, this team, Barry's got Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Okoro, Sengun, Jashawn Tate, and Franz Wagner. That's going to be a pretty fun team to watch, I think. Um, and then the other one, Team Peyton, is going to be fun. It's got LaMelo, Scotty Barnes, Io, uh, Scoot Henderson, who I just talked about, uh, Davion Mitchell, Kaminga, and Jaden McDaniels. So... Wow. Should be fun. Athleticism going on that one right there. A lot of passing. You might hop in. Well, yeah, I, you know, we texted about it a little bit, but yeah, they basically are borrowing from the uh, NHL all-star game format. Cause that's basically what the NHL all-star game is where they've kind of split up into these different teams. And all I got to say is this is my exact point. If you have to borrow from the NHL, you know, you have problems with your weekend cause you don't want to borrow anything from the NHL. Cause that's like, that's, that's a no nothing league. So um, yeah, but, but again, I think that is a great new twist, but it's just, again, showing that like how, how broken the, 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 every, everything about the all-star weekend is, you know, in my opinion. Hey, stop in. Um, I think I might have talked about this before in, on a previous podcast, but my, my, my suggestion for the all-star weekend has been, only the people who are in the all-star game participate in these things because for the yes. dunk contest, yeah. yep. for the dunk contest. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who's in the, yeah. Okay. I know all four guys, but like, I don't really give a shit. 
Cole Cole Anthony. Are you excited about Cole Anthony? I mean, I'm actually rooting for him because he's the, he's the smallest guy. Yeah. And and three, three point contests at least. Like how is it not like Jokic, Jokic, Steph, Zach Levine, you know what I mean? Like, and get crazy and get kooky with it and like, see, it's yeah. I'm no, totally. You. And it'd be way more fun. Cause they're all stars. They're people that are either really good or the fans already voted for them and they want to see it. You know, like the a dunk contest, for instance, I would love if it was like, I don't know, Carl Anthony Towns, Jokic and Embiid. How fun would that? I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Man, that's I'm, my, yeah, that's my thing. I, I love, I love that. I wish we'd get back to it because honestly, it's not even like, it's not even like I want the greatest in the world at three point shooting, or I want to see like the most elaborate dunks. I, at this point, I would kind of would rather just see like LeBron do a windmill dunk than someone knocking it off the backboard totally. over the Hyundai, uh, over the mascot. Well, the ball's on fire, and then you dunk it, you know, blindfolded like D Brown style. Like I don't care about the gimmicks so much as I would rather just watch like the dudes that I know. Superstars dunk, I, yeah, yeah, just like a two handed. Like Dominique slam from Giannis, yeah. like just give that to me on a Friday night or a Saturday yeah. night, and I'm pretty good to go. Uh, we got two more topics before we get out of here. Uh, the last one is a hot take that I am going to spring on these boys, and it's so hot that you can't cool it down, no matter how hard you try. Uh, but the first one is the big one, obviously, the East, the Eastern Conference this year. It is wild, you know, of all the years for the Chicago Bulls to pick kind of their resurgence in the East. Um, you know, maybe not the best timing in the world. If I have it correct, the top six seeds are separated by, I believe, four games, three and a half yep. games right now, something four that games. crazy. Yeah. These seeds are going to fly around all over the place. The Bulls could be a one seed. They could be a five. They could be a six. And they could still win 50 games. I mean, that's how crazy it is right now. So let's just open this up a little bit, a little bit and talk about it. Um, you know, Mike, if you want to go first, you know, let's just start here. You know, this East is deep. So, you know, what are your expectations for these Chicago Bulls? And if you could pick one team right now, just one, that scares you the most, because let's be honest, we feel pretty good about the Bulls probably getting out of the first round. But in the second round, there's going to be a no-joke bad boy team that they're going to be facing probably no matter what to get to that Eastern Conference Finals. So, you know, what team probably scares you the most right now that you'd like to see the Bulls skip in the second round? Well, first of all, I just want to say that Miami keeps flying under the radar. I mean, again, they're tied for the first seed and you don't really, and I'm not necessarily scared of them, but it's just that idea that like, they, they just, they're always there. And it's just like, man, yeah, they're, they're, they're and, right and, there with and, the bulls. And real quick, and real quick, I did a pod with someone recently who's a gambling sharp and he's like, keep your eye out for the Miami yeah. heat. Cause we want to talk about injuries, you know, uh, Butler and Bam Adebayo have missed just as many games as the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm sorry. But, but I think we're all going to agree. It is 100% Philly. Cause on top of the fact that we don't have a guy that can match up with Embiid, So he's going to dominate there. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we'll see what Harden brings. I mean, I'm assuming that's only going to be an addition uh, to that roster. I mean, again, there's, you know, there's some uh, head case issues that, that may rear his head that might cause some drama there, but again, and, and on top of that, I, th- I think currently we're 0-3 against Philly. So right there, that's a series, right? So I, I don't see us having a winning re- record regular season-wise against Philly. So we they've already proven that they dominate us. And again, to Aaron's point, exactly. Like any team that has a monster big man, and we could throw Giannis in there, but I'm not so worried about Giannis in terms of like guarding him defensively, but it's guys like Jokic, it's guys like Embiid, um, at least defensively guys like Gobert that we have no shot 
matching up against that position, just no shot. So on top of the fact that they're a good team, you know, they're a good team and they have their biggest strength is our biggest weakness defensively. So in my opinion, there's not a doubt that the team from the East that we have to be scared of most is Philly. Yeah, and I, I had the stat. I could get it slightly wrong, so forgive me. Uh, and fact check me on it. But I believe that the Bulls against any against teams that are in the top five seeds in the Eastern and Western Conference, they're one and eleven against right now. So oh, it Jesus. is one of the it's one of those real sobering wet blanket thoughts of like you know when we get up against that higher competition, do we have enough to make some noise in the playoffs this year? Uh, Troy, I'm right there with you on the 76ers. It's just the Embiid factor for me. You know, plain and simple. Everyone else, even the Bucks roll the ball out and hope for the best. But the Embiid thing is, I just don't know how we stop him. Higgs, uh, you know, what's your take on this? And what's that one team right now? Is it the 76ers or someone else that really kind of has you scared if the Bulls were to face them in the second round? Yeah, I mean, okay, let's just say <clears throat> everyone's healthy. All teams are healthy. We're just going to say that. Um, looking at the current standings, I mean, it's tight. We're tied with the Heat. And the 76ers, Cavs, and Bucks are all tied. And they're only two and a half games back. Boston's four and a half back. Toronto's five back. Dude, it's going to be tough, man. So I think ultimately the Bucs are going to get the number one seed. Um, I'm, I, I got Bucks, 76ers, Heat, Cavs, Nets, Celtics, Bulls at seven, and Raptors, which wow. means we're going to get screwed in the first. This is how it's going to play out, man. We're going to get totally screwed in the first round. I have a feeling we're going to get 76ers in the first round. Um, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen with Harden and Embiid, but my guess is they'll figure it out. Uh, at least for a little bit. Um, so I'm like, I'm very nervous about the playoffs. I mean, we're going to get in, which is great. Cause like I said, at the beginning of the season, I thought we were ninth or 10th seed, but there's a real chance we can get screwed in the first round here. If everybody's healthy. And just real quick, before we get off, uh, get off this to our final topic. Yeah. I mean, first round I'm hoping for, if we can stay up there, I'm hoping for like Charlotte, right. Or even Boston. Uh, just real quick. Are you guys on the same boat with me where, uh, the Cavs, great story, young team, going to be right there. Do not scare me for a second, and I would happily welcome a matchup against them. Even though we have not played that great against them, I think that's a matchup that the Bulls fans should be rooting for, Higgs. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be tough, man, because they, they, like us, have had injuries as well, and they just kind of keep on humming along. And they have a lot of big guys and that's one of our detriments. We don't have a lot of big guys. They got Mobley, they got Jared Allen. Um, and I'm forgetting who the other big guy marketing is. Marketing baby. Yeah, and Jack. <laughs> you know, he's going to come for revenge. Garland's been tearing it up. Kevin Love has been rejuvenated. Yeah. And they got Karen Not saying they're going to beat us at all, but they're, they're playing. It's, it's hard to argue against them, man. They, to me, they've been the biggest surprise in the East by far. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out because I, I, it's a reality that I think Bulls fans need to wrap their head around, Higgs, is what you just painted of you can fall from that one seed all the way down to that six and seven really, really, really quickly in the East. And keep in mind, Bulls fans, I think they play the Bucks three times in this final 22 games. They play the Phoenix Suns. The schedule's not going to be very easy. Uh, Mike, hop in and then Higgs. Well, no, I mean, I think we're going to probably touch on this on the very last topic, but I, I, I'm not scared about the Cavs in the playoffs because they're, they're in the exact same situation that the Bulls are. They haven't made the playoff in four years. We haven't made the playoff in five years. As you guys know, playoff basketball is a completely 
completely different beast. And if you're not having, if you haven't been forged under fire with playoff experience, that, that is just a detriment to your team. And, you know, again, that can segue to kind of probably how you want to wrap this up. So that is going to be the biggest thing for, for the bulls Cleveland, if they continue to stay where they are, is just the fact that like, you can't, you cannot replace playoff basketball experience which unfortunately the bulls and cleveland don't have i mean just to put it from a history standpoint only two teams have won an nba championship not having made the playoffs the year before and the the one there was the 75 uh, warriors and then just a couple of years ago with the um with the lakers but that was kind of a different situation because of covid and then the stoppage of the season and then the bubble situation on top of the fact that they got you know 80 on the team for that year so um but yeah yeah i think that's that that'll be the biggest 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 detriment that we just don't have that playoff experience going into the playoffs and real quick, Higgs, uh, the big elephant in the room that I know none of us really want to talk about because we've thrown a lot of compliments at him in this podcast, DeMar DeRozan in the playoffs, there is a re- that's a bugaboo there. If you pull up some of his game stats, he throws up a two for 15 in a playoff game like nobody's business. I get it. That's the past. Different player. New opportunity. He's averaging 28 points a game. He's never done that before. He's an all-star starter. Never happened before. But I'm just saying that's the one guy that we could probably lean on with playoff experience. Hasn't had a ton of playoff success. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on too as well. Hey, hop in. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I never really even thought about that. Um, no, no one wants no one wants to think about that, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's going to be after something he's going to have to overcome. Uh, I was just going to say uh, real quick, two teams to look out for in the East. Uh, Toronto Raptors, they're finally at full strength. They've been playing really well. Nick Nurse uh, has unleashed Pascal Siakam, Point Siakam, and he's been playing great. These guys won a championship a couple of years ago. Look out for them. And then also look out for the Celtics. All they made the a trade at the deadline. Derek White came in. He's been giving them a steady hand. Uh, I think they're nine and one in the last 10 games, and they've been they the won. number one defense by far. Yeah, they won like nine in a row. Yeah. It's yeah. Really so that's that's another team that like first round, you're like, oh, we can maybe we could probably beat these guys. And not saying we couldn't, but Jalen Brown's awesome, Tatum's awesome, and they are killing it on defense right now. Which so let's get so let's get to the final topic here, and here's here's what I want to do. I'm I'm gonna try and lay it out for a little bit. I'm gonna tell you what I want to do, and then I'm gonna have you guys react and go. Because what it sounds like to me, and I think Bulls fans in their heart of hearts aren't probably that enthusiastic. The Bulls are gonna win the championship this year. They have a talented team. I think they can make a deep playoff run. I think with all the teams that we just mentioned right now, I think in a long series. The Bulls could come out on top and maybe get a, have a deep playoff run. We're just not 100% sure. So if that's the case, let's be real with ourselves and let's ask ourselves, how long do the Bulls have to actually probably contend for a title? Well, DeMar DeRozan's having a career season. He's 32 years old. Not to say that he's going to be a bad player in two years, but he probably won't be the player that he is this year, right? Nikola Vucevic has one year left on his deal. After that, the money comes off. He's also in his 30s. What do you do there? So you're already kind of looking at probably a transitionary team in the next two or three years. So you're probably asking yourself, can the Bulls win the title next year? And how do we go about doing that? And what have we talked about all year long? We need a power forward. So here's my here's my hot take, gentlemen. <laughs> The Bulls right now, heading into next year, and look, I'm not a capologist, and there's a lot of trade exceptions, and there's a lot of cap holds and stuff that I'm not too familiar with, but as of right now, it looks like the Bulls are going to have anywhere between 45 to $50 million in cap space. We got to sign Zach Levine. Let's just pretend right now that first year of Zach Levine is going to be $30 bucks. okay? 
So that's probably $20 million right there. We need to come up with $44 million. And there's a way to do it. Because what I propose is Kobe White's $7.5 million. Patrick Williams is $7.5 million. You can, in theory, create a cap hold for Derrick Jones, which actually would be $12 million, but it gets kind of complicated. But you can kind of work that money in. Either way, it comes off the books, so you can work with that. Patrick Williams, slew of first-round picks, whatever else you want for LeBron James. And here's the case. Everyone says he's going to go back to Cleveland. He's going to finish out his career in Cleveland if he doesn't stay in Los Angeles. But here's what I'm saying is, they're still a young and untested team, and he's going to be 37, 38 years old, and he needs to win one more title. Is he going to win one more title in L.A.? Is he going to win one more title in Cleveland? Or the ultimate chess piece of winning a title in Jordan's house with a ready-made roster of DeMar DeRozan, who he already loves, with a team that already has scoring and size, so he doesn't have to worry about you know banging bodies in there. You have Booch. Bring back Tristan Thompson. You can have Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan score some points. He's got $44 million left on his deal next year. So you can do a thing where maybe you give him another year extension and you kick the money over to the year after. But all that money comes off because Vooch's money comes off. And there's actually a salary cap world where through that trade and draft capital, LeBron James can be on the Chicago Bulls next year. Mike, you're going to go first, and then I want to hear from Hags. How do the Chicago Bulls not win 70 games with that lineup? and not win a title with Io, Caruso, Lonzo, Zach, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James, Vucevic, and then $8 million in salary cap space spent out to five other guys. Well, to your point, I don't know exactly how the money works in, in any of these scenarios in terms of what I'm going to propose, but j- just from the sentiment of, I don't, I, just chasing championships and doing it in Chicago, and it just, I feel like that there's, there's something, there's a bad taste in my mouth if we win a championship that way. Um, and, you know, LeBron is still obviously a high caliber player and obviously he's going to make any team he goes to obviously a contender, but I, I I'll just say this, like you don't, again, to have him on the team potentially would be amazing, but you don't need every roster, unless you're just an all time great team is going to have a weakness in someone in the position. So to, to, to think that we have to have like every position be an all-star caliber player. I don't, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment. I think, you know, again, I, I think we're, like I said, we get the playoff experience this year. In my opinion, if we can win the first round and then, you know, if we, and then exit after the first round, I, I think that's a pretty successful season, in my opinion. So we get that playoff experience forged. We keep this roster together. They stay healthy. Patch Williams is this X factor that everyone is claiming him to be. I think that is enough to have a championship roster right there. So just this idea. I mean, again, if, if, if a year from now LeBron is wearing a Bulls jersey, I, I probably would be fine with that. But at least right now, I can't wrap my head around any of these premier guys because I just I don't I, this idea. And I guess this is just how professional sports is becoming, but just the idea of like buying a championship. I don't want to be one of those teams that bought a championship, you know? So um, I just want to be a team that wins the championship though. Yeah. 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 But I kind of, that's the rub dude. We're, we're coming on 24 years and we're getting really close to the Jordan thing being a curse on the organization, like the Jordan curse of when are we going to win without him there? And I, and I'm with you, man. I was just trying to rack my brain around like, what is it going to take? I love this team right now. 
But if in my heart of hearts and we all agree that we're not sure that they can win a championship, right. and we don't know that, right? We're going to see – this is all going to be dependent on a deep playoff run too as well because why would LeBron want to go to a team that bows out in the first round? You know, this could be you know dead on arrival. But if they make a deep playoff run and you really want to go for it and you really want to win the title, it's going to take something like this to probably get it done. Higgs, hop in. Yeah, Joey, I want to see your notebooks that are filled with your calculations and all these uh, conspiracy theories and uh, everything's connecting to each other. <laughs> trade exceptions, trade exceptions, biannual exceptions. Dude, when you started talking about it, I was like, how do you even come up with this? This is awesome. Like, I would, I don't know. My brain doesn't work that way, but it's great. Um, I think it's a pipe dream, brother. Sorry. Oh, I, I know. It's it's meant to be yeah, hot, no, I don't, baby. LeBron's, I, I, I can't see LeBron leaving. Why would he want to leave here at this point? Why would he want to leave LA? Because Anthony Davis just tore, messed up his foot for the fourth time in a row. And look, man, if he stays in LA, that's fine, right? But that's LeBron saying, I will never win another title. I do not think LeBron James wins another title in LA while he's still playing basketball. He's 37 years old. He's only got two or three years left. I don't see a title coming from them anytime yeah, soon. No, I mean, I'm not saying they're, no, 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 I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, I don't know, man. He's just, he's just built up such a, empire out here i don't know why he would yeah. leave although i'm sure he's got private jets and he can he can fly out uh anytime he wants here's the deal though dude i yeah. agree we need to power forward but there's plenty of power forwards out there that are great my man john collins in atlanta is sitting there he wants mm -hmm. out i want him i love john collins he's young he can kind of do everything he's he's super fun so that's one guy i would love to uh, just off the top of my head well, I would love to get for the Bulls. Yeah, and Mike, I want you to weigh back in on this, and maybe if I can just add real quick. It's just kind of like the reality of the situation is unfortunate, but it's kind of like if we want to win a title in the next couple of years with DeMar DeRozan at his peak and with Vucevic still under contract, the whole Patrick Williams situation is kind of like that crossroads, right, where unfortunately he's been injured and we can't figure out if he's good or not what his ceiling is. But we got to figure that out really, really quickly. Because I'm with you, though, Higgs, on if it isn't LeBron James, if it isn't the white whale or, you know, the Moby Dick of it all, we're probably going to be trading Patrick Williams for somebody in the summer. Because I just don't know if his maturation lines up with where everyone else is on this team right now. And as much as I would love to have a core of Patrick Williams and Io and Lonzo and Zach five years from now, I would kind of rather have an NBA title. And that's the give and take of the decision they have to make. Mike, hop in. No, that was perfect because that was actually the question I was going to ask you guys. Um, first and foremost, unless we get just make a mega blockbuster deal that involves Patrick Williams, I don't think the Bulls are going to get rid of him next year because the whole point was that, right, they held on to him, held on to him, held on to him to see what he could contribute next year. So unless there is some mega, you know, James Harden for, you know, um, 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 uh, uh, Ben Simmons kind of thing going on, like I just don't see that move happening because the whole point was like he's kind of a, for whatever reason, whether you agree with it or not, an untouchable piece. But we've already kind of already seen it with the Lakers that they've, and again, I know the money situation is probably a little bit different, but where they their their roster is in shambles because they devoted you know their money to right LeBron and AD, and then you know they they signed Westbrook, which is a whole different conversation. And then we've kind of seen it in Dallas where they've devoted so much money to you know um, uh, Luca, and then the Persingas trade that didn't work out. And then again, that roster is, so I guess the question I have for you guys is, are you, and again, this may be more obvious than I think, are you guys willing to take one championship and sacrifice the next 10 years of your, the future of your franchise to I be am. back down in the dumps? You I are, am. as opposed to yeah. having a team that can make 
make a run the next five yeah, years. Yeah, because every year. okay. because I think we've just been slapped in the face by the NBA the last twenty years, and I think we just I, I've just realized how hard it is to win a title. And man, you could have great basketball teams, and those basketball teams just don't make it. Like, look at the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, like Clippers. You're asking, like, would you rather have them that are really, really great for six or seven years and don't win a title, or would you rather win one title? I don't know. I would kind of, I, I would really rather have that one title. And I, I just real quick, um, Mike, before you hop back in, I was looking at other teams too, as well as like, you know, like, am I, am I like cooking this up or whatever? Well, the Phoenix Suns with the DeAndre Ayton situation, you know, they already have three guys in their roster. You know, uh, Chris Paul makes 30, uh, Devin Booker makes 29, and Mikel Bridges makes 21, 22 because he got new money. And if they do DeAndre Ayton, that means they're going to have four players that are going to be $20 million players on their team at the same time. So it's very doable where we have a Zach, DeMar, Vooch all making 20. Lonzo makes like 18, 19. And in theory, you could add another guy that's 15 to 20, 25 if you move it around a little bit. But again, it makes you kind of makes you a little top heavy and it leads to the question of does top heavy get it done in the NBA? You know, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Higgs, hop in real quick. And then Mike, I, I was just going to say real quick, the, the first team that came to mind for me are the Lakers. They did that. They mortgaged their entire future for a championship now yep. and it worked. I mean, they had Ingram, they had Lonzo, they had Josh Hart, they had uh, Julius Randle, they had Larry Nance, bunch of great young guys who were going to be good. D'Angelo Russell for a long time. And they traded in all those pieces to get LeBron and Anthony Davis. And it worked. I don't know. Like maybe ask Lakers fans, you know, like, was it worth mortgaging your future for another championship? It was a bubble championship. So maybe not, I guess. Um, but but if it was a regular season. Same, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, yeah, if it was a regular season, yeah. I think they'd be like, man, we want to put up on the, that's another, that's another banner, man. That's all yeah, counts. Mike, that's all that matters of the championships. Yeah. Mike hop in. No, I, I guess, I guess it goes to like, you know, we I think about like if, if, if where we were these last five, six years, right? So let's say if seven years ago, we won a championship, we, I, I guess that's basically my point. If seven years ago, we won the championship and then had the teams that we had faced like the last five, six years, would you be happy with that? And that, I don't know where I stand either way, just 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 so you guys know, I don't know where I stand either way, but it's just like, is that one championship, would that be worth the frustration that we've literally faced these last five years? Yeah. So that, that's just kind of a question. Yeah, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, it kind of reminds me of um, post-98 after the Bulls' last championship. We were all like, oh my God, it's my one of the most depressing days ever, man. Opening day, seeing that roster, you're just like, holy shit. And we were bad up until the Ben Gordon year. So that was a good, what, five years, at least five, six years. Granted, we got six championships. It's not one. But, um, you know, ever since then, anything that's happened to the Bulls, it's hard for me to be like, oh, that sucks. Like, we won six championships with the best player of all time. As a Bulls fan, it's really hard to, like, nitpick with anything just because we had that experience, in my opinion. Yeah, I will say, though, that I'm with you. The first couple of years, I was like, you know what? I've had my cake, and it's time to see what the other side looks like, and we're going to take some lumps for a little while, and we'll see what happens. But I will admit, you know, once the Tyson Chandler-Eddie Curry team started coming around, they traded for Jalen Rose. It was kind of like, you know, it would be cool to probably win again. And it's been 24 years. You know what I mean? It's been 24 years since we've been in the finals. We've only been to one Eastern Conference finals in 24 years. So I'm because I'm looking at this team right now, and I love this team and I don't want it to be 
the try-hard Ben Gordon Bulls of Kirk Heinrich in the 2005-2006 team. I don't want it to be – I mean, you know, the Derek conversation is tough because he got hurt, right? We, we can never fully have that conversation. But, you know, I want this team to really go for it. And I'm just trying to think, you know, what is it? Is it going to be Kobe White and Patrick Williams? Or is it going to be putting those guys together for somebody really, really, really substantial – and fucking going for it next year. You know, while you still got Vooch under contract and while you still got DeMar at the level that he's at, because even, you know, Lamar two years from now scoring 20 points a game isn't the Lamar that's, I'm sorry, the DeMar that's scoring 28 right now. You know what I mean? That's, there's a difference there. And I'm just kind of looking at it right now. And let's be honest, guys, I know he's a lightning rod, but you telling me right now, you put LeBron James on this Bulls team right now, they win 70 games, dude. It's like, <laughs> it's like the circus comes to town. Just honestly, think about that team for half a second. And LeBron can do whatever he wants. He really can. He can go wherever he wants, and he can do whatever he wants. And if this whole, like, LeBron versus Jordan last dance stuff is true, what better chess move than to go win it in his city, in his house, and put a banner next to his name? I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think it's going to happen. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes the cookies are too hot. You can't eat them. <laughs> the, 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 the taste is too hot. I don't know. I wanted to throw it out there. I thought of it late last night and I was like, oh, I got to bring this to the table. Mike, hop in. Well, speaking of, and this is kind of, you know, maybe to button everything, uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't wish Michael Jordan a happy belated birthday oh, since we're talking about him. True. Just turned 59 yesterday, February 17th. So, you know, the goat and a guy who I can't think of. I mean, you know, again, I know this is cliche, but outside of Muhammad Ali, is there anybody who is still as relevant? like 20 plus years since he's retired. It hasn't been 20 years since he's retired, but you know, that much longer than since he's played where it's still like, he's, he's like, yeah, he's still as relevant today as he was during his playing days. So yeah. Happy 59th MJ. Yeah. Higgs, do you got one? Uh, Magic Johnson and Shaq off the top of my head, but Shaq hasn't been out of the game for 20 years, but those two guys still feel very relevant in the ether of everything. Higgs, do you got anyone? I was just going to say Babe Ruth. I mean, in baseball, I guess, just that guy, 100 years old, people still talk about him. Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali, Jordan. Tiger. Tiger, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day, maybe one day Serena, but I mean, that's just kind of like, depending on what kind of Felicio. Felicio. (laughs) (laughs) 11 and 9, Felicio, earning that paper, earning that paper. Uh, Guys, we got to get out of here. This was the Chicago Bulls first half uh, recap and also the all-star break. Talking uh, post-game and uh, the second half of the Bulls. Maybe we're going to make a deep run in the playoffs. I don't know. These Hoopanchos are going to have to come back very soon to talk about and give you a playoffs preview. Uh, really quick before we get out of here, gentlemen, throw out your socials for the people listening to the episode so they can follow all your great content, your work, your thoughts, and your feelings. Mike, go first. Uh, I mean, they can follow me at CaliforniaByChoice.com uh, or the same handle on Instagram. But other than that, man, uh, yeah, just getting ready for the playoffs, man. Like, really excited to see what we've got come playoff time. So uh, that's going to be big. Yeah, happy, healthy, warm weather out here in California. We might be watching some of these games together, gentlemen. Let's just see. Let's just wait and see. Fingers crossed. Uh, Higgs, man, throw out, uh, throw out your socials and stuff. And also, like, let people know how they can check out some of the playlists that you do on Spotify and all that great stuff, too. Yeah, um, so you can follow me at Mr. Higgs on Instagram. Uh, I post a lot of playlists on Spotify. I do different mixes. I'm a big music nerd. So follow me at Higgs on Spotify or Instagram, Mr. Higgs. 
Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining the pod. Today's episode of Bet on Chicago with Joel Christopoulos was presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit right there. Only at uh, BetOnline.ag when you use promo code BLEAV. Thank you so much for checking out this pod. Plenty more great stuff coming the rest of the week. Until then, be well, be safe, please be good to each other. And remember, when in doubt, always bet on Chicago. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.